You guys know that I've joined the Motivated CEO podcast to the podcast Her Network. It's really been a game changer for the fast track to growing this podcast. And I am so excited to tell you that they are opening their doors right now for you to come and join too. If you want to learn more, join the founder, Joanne Bolt, and myself at the upcoming live masterclass, Three-Step Visibility Engine, by registering at podcasther.com forward slash masterclass. Starting and running a business is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Whether you're an established business owner or thinking about starting a side hustle to earn extra income, I am here to teach you how to show up as your unfiltered self, level up your business, and thrive as a mompreneur. Let's embrace the chaos and start enjoying the journey together. I'm Amy Tra, and you're listening to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Today, I am joined by Susan. She is a doctor of physical therapy, and we are talking all about women's health. It's one of those topics that's not discussed enough, in my opinion. And coming from a healthcare background myself, uh, I just love what Susan is doing for moms in our community and the value that she has to share. So super excited to jump into this conversation. So without further ado, Susan, welcome to the Motivated Mompreneur podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm me too, because this is a topic that we can all relate to as moms in one way or another, yet a lot of times we just don't want to talk about it. So we're going to unpack some things today and let's just start out by learning more about you. So tell us about your journey. My journey. Yes. So I, um, I think I have a little bit more of a unique journey as how, as, as far as how I got to women's health, because I feel like for many moms or women in this field, it came as a result of of a pregnancy or their experience with pelvic floor. Um, and actually I have been in the field since before my kiddos, I had a, a drive and a passion for it all the way in PT school. So I started out with um, joining the student interest group for women's health. My last clinical was in women's health. I actually took the first course um, that you can take as a PT while I was still in school. Um, and, you know, it started as more of a I like the idea of building into yoga and Pilates and kind of that, that approach into PT and, and everything and everybody that was doing it at that time was geared towards women's health. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and then very, very quickly realized how underserved this population is. Um, you know, half of my class, I think, went into or at that time wanted to go into pediatrics. And so it was like, like, no, I, that is not, I love kids, um, but I do not want to work with them. Give me all of the moms. And just yes. realizing that gap in care for, for so many women. And, you know, today I want to talk more specifically about kind of pregnancy and postpartum, but it goes so much beyond that. Um, a lack of holistic care and approach and just a, a listening approach for many people, women, especially with chronic pain. Um, so those endometriosis, um, fibromyalgia, interstitial cystitis, um, myofascial pelvic pain, you know, they just aren't listened to. And so to be able to be a provider that, you know, I, I see over and over and they come to me and it's like, you're the first person that has listened to my story and validated me. Um, so I mean, that can hold be a whole conversation in and of itself. Um, but that is, you know, one aspect of it. And then 
through my own pregnancies. So I am a mom of two and my son is six and my daughter will be five in March. And I'm a, I'm a C-section mom. So I had a breech baby and did a C-section and then a VBAC with my second. So having that aspect of it, and then I've also gone through a surrogate pregnancy as well. So I've been pregnant three times. Um, and with that last pregnancy dealt a lot with, um, with preeclampsia. So we actually ended up having an early delivery, but the driving reason for that surrogate um, journey was getting to know so many more people in this birthing world as I have come into my own practice over the last couple of years and meeting all these people that work with pregnant moms and the support system and kind of that that encompassing world of what birth professionals and support for moms can be. I wanted to try to do it again, um, but I knew our family was complete. I loved being pregnant. And so that's what kind of drove me to, to look into surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that did not end up the way the outcome as far as how I wanted to deliver and trying to go um, unmedicated vaginally again. But I think I think even having the story that I have, um, dealing with preeclampsia, delivering via emergency C-section at 27 weeks, and that recovery in story has been able to shed some light and and be a, um, just something to share with my clients as well. So um, with that being said, you know, I just, I really, really love working with the pregnancy-related population. Um that during your pregnancy and really focusing on that first year postpartum. So once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum. But I feel like there is a huge gap in once baby comes and then you have a six-week checkup. And then for most women, it's just do what feels right. And so um, it's not enough. And that is a soapbox I can get on. I probably get on it too much but you know just looking at what that is and seeing that lack of service to these women I I really try to be an advocate and looking more preventative more proactive throughout pregnancy so that when it comes to that postpartum journey we have a little bit more of an understanding of what that could could look like what questions should be asked, what is normal, what is not normal, instead of just trying to wing it, you know, you, and I I equate it a lot of times to kind of orthopedic issues, Um, you know, as you, you've seen, you you have a, a hip surgery, you have a knee surgery, what do you do? You have a referral for therapy before you leave the hospital, you're getting therapy in the hospital, you're going to rehab, um, but let's, you know, vaginally or cesarean, you know, there is a huge trauma. Your body just went mm-hmm. through a huge change. In two to three days, you're discharged, 24 hours to, th- you know, three days, you're discharged from the hospital, not knowing what just really happened to your body. And oh, by the way, you also have to take care of this tiny human. Um, <laughs> so it's just, there is a gap in in care there and you know in other countries it is standard of practice to get a referral for therapy after you deliver and that's you know ideally where we can go um but 
it's going to take a lot of changes. And so this is why um, I thank you for having me because they feel like this is such a great opportunity and platform to be able to talk about this, to just share just a snapshot of what we can provide for women on the pregnancy level, on the postpartum level and beyond um, to make sure that they are rehabilitated appropriately and not ending up to dealing with these issues 5, 10, 15, 20 years later. I mean, I have, that's the other kind of population that I'll see is um, perimenopausal women coming in, trying to be more proactive. We're starting to see the, some of the signs of pelvic floor dysfunction. And, you know, we start to have these conversations and <laughs> over and over again, it, the same response is, well, where were you 20 years ago when I was having my babies? And it's like, exactly. So it's, there is clearly, and they also still respond. So that's why I say, you know, once you're postpartum, you're always postpartum, you can still make changes. It's never too late. So I think that's something that I get a lot too, is, you know, it's never too late to make some of these changes, but why not nip them in the bud before? Yes. And so that is kind of um, where I and very passionate about, and I'm trying to share that conversation and change the narrative, um, both by working with individuals one-on-one. -on -one. My goal is at some point, um, figuring out how to make this more of a group type of thing for more accessibility, um, but also just more on the education platform of um, talking here, and then somebody else hears this, and then maybe it's not them, but it's their sister or their daughter or, you know, somebody else in their life. And they're like, you know what, I listened to something, and she said it wasn't normal, so maybe we need to look at this a little bit more. And just being able to at least give a couple of nuggets of some questions to ask, because you go into that six-week checkup, and they're like, any questions? And no. What am right. I supposed there's, to ask? What, what, right. There's so much I, happening. You're sleep deprived. You don't, like you said, you don't know what to ask. You're, you're raising you this human, you know, nothing. And you're so overwhelmed and depleted at that point. It's like, I mean, I guess not. You told me I'm just kind of <laughs> supposed to go with how, you know, what feels right. Well, okay. So exactly. So um, with that being said, I, I just wanted to kind of touch base on some of the benefits of having, you know, a pelvic floor therapist on the birth team. Yeah, so again, this too. can happen really at any time during pregnancy and even in, through the postpartum. But, you know, like I said, the, the earlier, the better as far as being proactive, preventative healthcare education. So a lot of times during that earlier part of pregnancy, we're discussing those physical changes, you know, what to expect, starting to establish some better awareness of what alignment is, what does it look like with breath connection with the pelvic floor. So then we have, you know, a little bit more of a baseline. And this is, this can be early pregnancy with first pregnancy. It can be early pregnancy with subsequent pregnancies. It's interesting because, you know, I see a lot of that is I'll capture those multiple subsequent pregnancies. And they're like, I had these issues, but they happened a lot sooner this time or something like that. So, you know, it's not just a first pregnancy type thing. This can happen during any pregnancy. Um, general exercise guidelines. So one of the things that I really want to talk about is, you know, it's not like we're trying to meet super exercise goals or anything like this. You're not trying to become strong woman while you're pregnant, but you are training for... <laughs> an athletic event. Yes. Labor and delivery is, it's no joke. And so being 
able to go in there with a certain level of cardiac capacity, cardiac endurance, to be able to have that muscular endurance to hold positions. Those are things that are absolutely um, valid in working on. So even if you weren't in a routine before, it's, it is safe to start a routine in pregnancy. And so that is another just kind of misnomer. And I don't, um, you know, I, I look at general exercise guidelines, try to find the right, um, you know, personal, whether it's a personal trainer, it's a um, certain program that you have, like working within those guidelines to make sure that you have um, a good, safe program in um, in place. Now, I, I want to just put an asterisk there because I, in case there's backlash or anything like that, but it's not like you're starting a, you're training for a marathon and you weren't running at all before. So this is absolutely individualized. And this is something why seeing a pelvic floor therapist, instead of just trying to do some random thing off of the internet is ideal because um, there also are going to be modifications if you are high risk or, or have those things, obviously that conversation is going to be different. So this is a, just a general for a typical pregnancy, these are those guidelines. But looking at, um, you know, what that what that would entail and how to modify when needed. Looking at body mechanics because as you grow, the center of gravity changes to make sure that we're not having issues with that or increasing your risk for falls. So kind of improving those aspects of it, and then educating and talking about what is normal and what's not normal when it comes to mostly toileting habits, so the leaking and um, constipation and what those can lead into and being able to kind of guide on, you know, where we can make changes with that, what can help and when to reach out to maybe another healthcare provider as far as looking at some of that stuff. So that's kind of, you know, we're looking at starting that stuff earlier in the pregnancy and then kind of continuing to monitor that. Um, and then later in pregnancy, it's really um, fun to, you know, talking about birth prep considerations. So, yes, there are a lot of childbirth education classes, and I am not a certified childbirth educator. I have a lot of connections with them. I don't know how the classes through the hospitals are at this point. This is a personal opinion. I don't feel like I got a lot out of that one. Um, <laughs> same here, same here. Nothing so, against it, but yeah, it didn't prepare me for the actual aftermath. It was sugarcoated a lot, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I, um, and so with that, it's, you know, looking at that, that individual aspect of, you know, what to consider for labor and delivery positions, pushing techniques. And so that comes a lot with like breath work. Um, you know, are we working with other um, care professionals? So looking at doula work, um, chiropractic massage, you know, who is on your team and how are we working as a team together um, to have you be as prepared as possible with also knowing that you can prepare as much as you want and birth has its own way of kind of doing its right. thing. Um, so being able to modify and look at those, but more of just that being comfortable enough to advocate for yourself and kind of knowing those aspects of things. Um, so putting a lot of that into education pieces through that later part of pregnancy, perineal massage, um, you know, positioning for good 
birth um, delivery positions, you know, what is going to work for your body looking at that stuff. So, um, and then in the late pregnancy, this is kind of my prehab brain, you know, it's like when you're just delivered and you're exhausted, you can't really listen to somebody. They're going to tell you stuff and you're only going to hear about 10% of that. So if we are actually preparing for those first couple of weeks postpartum, when you're still pregnant. So, you know, it just really helps to solidify some of that because there are things that you can start doing before six weeks. So we get this, it's like, what is the six week number? Why is it such a magical number? Um, you know, it, it, it's mainly based off of the healing of the uterus and, and, and that aspect of it. So most, most women will have mostly healed up by that point. And so that's, I think, why they have deemed that six week mark as like a magic number. But that is one very small aspect of the healing process. So I really um, kind of just streamlining right into postpartum. I like to see my mom between two and four weeks postpartum because we can talk about their delivery because that's another aspect, you know, as good of a delivery as it could have been, you know, as you know, you could have the best delivery possible and it's still trauma. It's still trauma to the body. Um, And so, so that's at, at best. And go along that spectrum, most women are dealing with some degree of birth trauma. And I feel like there is a therapeutic aspect to be able to tell your birth story at your comfort level, but to be able to kind of process through that sooner, it also helps me to kind of see, okay, maybe we need to be talking to a, a maternal mental health specialist too. And honestly, you know, I'll, I'll put this out there. Like I am a big advocate. Everybody should, you know, and it, and it's at different levels for everybody, but there's, right. there's the physiological part, there's the physical part, there's the mental part. And so to be able to process through that birth story, I see a lot of women with especially more trauma with that. The physical aspect has a hard time healing if we're not processing through the mental aspect. So I love that. Yes. Um, so it's like, we could be doing all the quote unquote right things, but here we are, we're not, I don't want to say getting better, but it's just, there's just so much back and forth with that. So, um, but being able to, on the physical side, start breath work early, start mm-hmm. light core work early to kind of re-engage these things are things that you can go through before you even get to your six week. So then, you know, that forced rest that your body is trying to do, it's not like you've done nothing. And then now you go to your OB, they say, okay, you're cleared. And you go try and run them three miles. Like, right, right. <laughs> it, it, like, you know, no, that, it makes can't. so much sense. Even just the, the breathing, it's just calming down that central nervous system. And you know, looking back to my own delivery, it's like, I come from a healthcare background. I preach this to people all day. I know about it, but I'm like, why didn't I do something like that? Like, you know, I'm doing like all my basic stuff, but something as simple as breathing. Uh That's so easy. That's such a valuable piece of wisdom right there. It is something we can use to just downregulate that nervous system instantly because our cortisol, our stress levels are through the roof. Mm -hmm. We're not sleeping. We're stressed out. We're raising a human who's 
most likely crying all the time, you know? Yes, they sleep a lot, but my kids were both angry elves for the first three months of their lives. And, you know, it's yes, just mentally absolutely. draining. So I love that you touched upon the mental aspect. All right. Sorry for interrupting. Nope, that's okay. Awesome. And so, and I think just, and throughout this, so especially this is both pregnancy and postpartum, you know, the other aspect, we have a lot of education that goes into that, but I am still a trained physical therapist. So I do a lot of manual intervention. So for that uh, person that is dealing with you know, your typical pregnancy related issues, sciatica, um, hip pain, pubic pain, abdominal pain, you know, all of those things can also be managed on a therapeutic level with your visits as well. So it's kind of you're you're getting that education, you're getting more of that birth prep, looking at those, but we're also being able to have the interventions through um, my background in all of those aspects. So um, I think it just helps to prepare um, and then reset. So prepare during and then reset afterwards and just kind of looking at that. And the other aspect that I really just want to touch on kind of last part of it. And again, this is, this is big picture. And, um, is that postpartum is a journey. You know, it's not just a six week and then what do we do from there? So starting at delivery through at least, at minimum, that first year, um, you are going through so many changes and kind of looking at that. So having somebody to be in your corner, be your advocate, be your quarterback is, is huge in um, kind of being able to nip things in the bud give you some education to be proactive so they don't ever become an issue, but knowing when to be um, concerned, when to follow up. So it's not just like it has to, you know, exponentially grow before it becomes something that is addressed. And um, I, I, in an ideal world, what I'd love to see is throughout that first year, kind of like the reverse fashion of OB visit. So you they're more spread out at the beginning of the pregnancy and then they get closer and closer during that last part of it before delivery I would love to see moms a little bit more condensed in that first part just because we can modify progress adjust depending on how they're healing or help that improve a little bit faster within the healing ranges and then start to see them less and less throughout that first year but touching base on okay well we've met this marker functionally where are we how have we gone through that so you know for my athletes or my runners doing return to run screens doing functional movement assessments and kind of putting those together so they know at each kind of phase what to expect and you know for for athlete brains it's like well if, if they have an end goal they're less likely to maybe overexert in the beginning. So they just have that kind of that guideline to, to help with them. And then I'm, you know, holding their hand as much or as little as they need throughout that process to make sure that they are meeting the goals that they want, but also being the voice of reason when maybe we're a little bit over, um, I can't think of the word, but just excited about getting too much too quickly. So just kind of being able to be that person for them is something that is really, I, I would love to, to do that for, for every mom postpartum. Um, but we'll get there, you know, yeah, so yeah. well, more and, and more as we go. And it's, 
through the type of work that you do that is that catalyst that is creating that change. Because if we just accept these norms, nothing's going to change. But what's crazy to me is that you mentioned earlier on that, you know, postpartum care is normal in other countries and that we're not getting this. You know, there's been so much of a push to preventative care in recent years. I look at, you know, some of the requirements um, when I was still working full-time in healthcare that I had to do just to, you know, renew my insurance premium for the year, you know, you had to have your preventative visit, you had to have, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's, we're talking about prevention, 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 but why aren't, why aren't we going into preventative care for expecting moms? I mean, and the difference that can make what you're doing is absolutely so incredible. And you're right. Even if you've been through a pregnancy before, I know for me, I only had two pregnancies. They were completely different, completely mm-hmm. yeah. different. My deliveries were completely different and I delivered both the same way. And it just is wild that, okay, we think just because we've been a mom before, okay, I got it all covered. Everything's constantly changing. And our knowledge too of the healing yeah. process of the body is constantly Absolutely. evolving. So the fact that you're bringing this value and knowledge and this holistic approach to moms in our community is absolutely amazing. And you have that toolbox. That's the cool thing about you being a a physical therapist is that, all right, you know what? I know this is an important aspect of it. I can touch upon it, but if I know you need help, I know who can help you. I know how to get you the help you need. So being that advocate being the first person to truly listen Mm -hmm. because those, those postpartum visits, it's 15 minutes. If you're lucky, you know, after you've sat there for an hour waiting and you know, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. They're overscheduled. They're, they're just packed. Mm -hmm. It's so money driven where you actually have the time one-on-one your devoted attention is to this mom. And you are being the catalyst for these changes and changing that narrative. So I loved how you said, you know, do not settle. Moms, listen, you don't have to settle. It is not (laughs) too late. So even if you're still, you know, you weren't having these issues before and now, you know, your kid may be five years old and it's like, gosh, that's still like, you know, I can't run without, you know, peeing a little bit. That's not normal. Like definitely reach out. (laughs) There are solutions. So what do you find that some of the common, give us like one super common myth that you see a lot of times about, you know, pregnancy. I love how you touched upon the exercise aspect, but what's another super common myth that, that people come in with, or, you know, we have kind of ingrained in our brains that it's like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Um, Well, one of my big ones is um, just pushing positions. Um, <laughs> and that's very specific and it's not necessarily geared right towards what, what I do, but again, kind of being that advocate and just kind of using gravity and having good body positions, you know, there, you don't have to push in just one position. Um, and there are better ways to do that. Um, so being able to kind of advocate for that definitely prior to when you're in a delivery room and having those conversations with your, um, delivering providers that, you know, the, that conversation, do I have to push in this one position or do I have the option? And, you know, because even if you have an epidural, there are other options. So just kind of utilizing that. And that's just one example of things that we talk about, you know, and again, those questions to ask your providers 
prior to delivery. And again, it's not that we have to have this like very specific birth plan, X, Y, Z, but it's that if you know more of those options, you can be a better advocate for yourself in the moment. You don't yes. know what you don't know. Exactly. Um, and so kind of just to be able to brainstorm through that before, because again, when you go into your, like you said, your postpartum visit, but same thing with the OB visits at the beginning, it's like, okay, you go in, you pee in a cup, you get your mm-hmm. blood pressure taken, you, you wait a while, you would come in, they get the heart rate on the Doppler and then measure your belly and then ask if you have any questions. So it's like, I know even for me with my first pregnancy as a pelvic floor provider, I didn't see a lot of pregnancy back then. I'm like, I didn't even know what questions to ask sometimes right. kind of looking at that. So, you know, again, just being able, it's not that you're going to bombard them with 800 questions every visit, but just having some breadth of knowledge of what to expect, I think helps a lot with the nerves kind of, you know, just kind of being able to put that at ease and then just feel like you're a little bit more empowered when it comes to what your body is doing. Um, Cause that's just a big thing in, in therapy world in general is, you know, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to give you these tools to be able to help you and yes. you help yourself. Um, yes. So that's a big aspect of it. Oh, definitely. It's all about education so that these moms can go in and just be empowered with all this knowledge. And I mean, that right there is pure gold. It's taking control of of the situation and just being empowered to make those confident decisions, knowing what questions to ask. And speaking of knowing what questions to ask, you're also working on creating a resource for moms. Yes. Yeah. So I am, it's been in the works for a while and I'm excited that it is almost done. Um, So I have a pregnancy workbook that it's, it's all encompassing in the fact that, you know, I have a lot of the education that I go through on those one-on-one visits where it's just like kind of those what to expect, here's um, general exercise guidelines, um, some pre-programmed workouts um, that can be modified with individual work, but um, looking at that, and then it's also like a little baby bump journal, notes to put in there so you can kind of write notes right into your provider and kind of hopefully be just a, a all-encompassing um workbook resource for those going through pregnancy is broken down by trimester. So um, I am, like I said, I'm almost done with it and looking to release it at the first of the year. So if you are interested in more information on that or updates on it, uh, you can sign up for my email list on my website. So it's uh, www.ohiowomenshealthpt.com. I'm also on Instagram. I try to post information, educational stuff um, through there. Um, Ohio Women's Health PT. So those are kind of the two big ones where you'll find information or updates on. So if anybody does have questions, um, they can find me through there. I also do um, complimentary curiosity calls. So if somebody thinks that they might have an issue or they're not sure how it would work for them specifically, um, I like, I love to do those curiosity calls because it gives me an opportunity to hear their story before they even come in and share a little bit more about how I um, approach treatment, how we look at that. So that expectation, you know, on both ends, they, they kind of get to know me as well. So that when we do in-person visits, it's not meeting you for the first time. You know, we've gotten to know each other so we can kind of hit the ground running with a lot of that too. So that is always an option and can be scheduled through my website as well if that is something that somebody would want to do. 
Oh my gosh. I love all of this. Susan, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share so much value and knowledge with our community, because these are definitely things that we all face, we all deal with, and you are truly being an advocate for change and empowering women. So that's what our mission's all about. And we are so happy to have you as a part of our community. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.